0: What's up guys? It's Youth Pastor and His Wife Podcast. I'm Anthony.
1: And I'm Allie. How are you, dear? I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic.
1: I'm even better since we're recording from the couch this week.
0: This is not my favorite place to sit.
1: I know, but so the way that our house is shaped, the dining room is right like connected to the kitchen. And some of you have probably heard because remarks have been made to me by people who have listened that sometimes you can hear our ice maker go off and we can't tell you when it's going to happen. And so in efforts to keep that from happening, we have moved to the living room and I don't mind it because we have a comfy couch. But Anthony Mm -hmm. would rather be sitting upright in a chair at a table, but
0: just feels right, you know.
1: Right, well, this is casual, so in efforts to keep it casual, we're on the couch and I'm in the comfy spot, so he's probably just jealous.
0: There's also that. There.
1: Okay. So before we get started, anything good this week?
0: We moved some people today.
1: We did. We moved our best friends today. They didn't move far, they moved like yeah. five or 10 minutes away from their house. Moving's a lot of work, and it's also like, yeah, it's like a kajillion degrees outside. Putting things into a large metal truck. Yeah always makes for. uh, But
0: hey, you walked away with free stuff.
1: I did. Okay. So anyone who's listening to this, you'll have to choose which side you're on. So our friends have four children. They're about to have their fifth child and they are moving and they're going to be going into a home that is smaller. And so because of that, they need to downsize some things. And some of the things that they were putting out by the road, I thought would be very useful to us. hmm And I was like, well, I wouldn't spend money on this myself, but if it's being given to me, absolutely. And Anthony was shaking his head at me and saying well, well, his teeth. Well, it
0: started, so you're not, you're <laughs> not being fully honest, right? It started with the thing by the road, right? A little basketball goal by the road. And then it ended with you had, like, three bags of stuff. Okay. That, that you, you were getting.
1: There were practical things. So, like, and do you want some cookies? thought about it we have so he went to the store earlier and got me a little bag of these chocolate cookies that I like and um they're on the couch next to him and he's tempted to grab one I guess he's just gonna do it yeah so you're gonna hear a little bit of crinkle but anyway the point is I'll just wait okay so like I was saying our friends were getting rid of some very practical things they were getting rid of a lighter. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we need a lighter. Our lighter's out of lighter fluid. And I don't know anybody who wouldn't just go to the store and buy like a $2 lighter instead of buying lighter fluid. I bought a box of matches the other day and then our kid was trying to play with them. So now they're hiding on top of the refrigerator.
0: Is it because there's less chemicals in the air when you use a match?
1: No, just matches are 99 cents for like a hundred of them (laughs) that I'm cheap. But so our lighter ran out of lighter fluid and they were getting rid of, they had like a whole... Like drawer of lighters, and she was like, I'm just going to throw these away. And I was like, no way, girl. Let me get a lighter. And then she found a whole box of fire starters, which during the winter, we really do... We use them a lot.
0: Because you have a fire every day.
1: Yeah, it could be like 60 degrees, and I'm like, let's light a fire. This
0: last year, it was 75 degrees, and you said, it's time for a fire.
1: You won't move me up north, and so therefore, I have to sit here in my heat with a fire. I'm not stopping it. So, when we lived out in the woods in northern louisiana we had this little fire thing i don't even know what you would call it, like a faux fireplace yeah and the little fire picture would come up and it looked very lifelike but it didn't have any heat coming off of it it was my favorite thing we don't have it anymore i don't think mm-hmm. but i got rid of it yeah i know you did but anyway it was one of my About favorite your house things with
0: the fireplace
1: <laughs> yes and we now we have a house with a fireplace and i'm like doggone it i'm gonna use that thing so anyway
0: every day in the winter
1: I am. I'm a big fan we of bought, fires.
0: I mean, we bought what, how many pounds of firewood this year?
1: Dude, we bought so much firewood. Uh, we used it all, though.
0: We did. We used every We of u- We piece did. We used
1: a quarter-cord of fire... Cord? A quarter-cord? A quarter of a cord. We used the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what we didn't use, which is only like very, very little, maybe like nope, eight to ten pieces. Well, no, what we didn't use, we used in the garden mm. to... Uh, to put on top of the cardboard to keep weeds out. So, anyway, yes. So I am frugal, and apparently that's offensive. And so it's not
0: offensive. It's just funny. I've never gone to somebody's house to help them move and walked out with stuff.
1: Well, I'm sure that they've never been so grateful.
0: Is that Listen, how you want to live our
1: lives? I was on Facebook the other day, oh my gosh. and somebody anonymously was like interested in getting into dumpster diving. Any suggestions? Don't. Then I realized today I basically did the same thing, but it was our friend's dumpster. Friendly dumpster diving. <laughs>
0: Alright, so this week, we are going to talk about, we're going to continue on with our, I guess, series on the Ten Commandments. Hitting two commandments a week, right? So this week, we're going to do the Third and the Fourth Commandment. Yep. Alright, so Al, um, why don't we start by just reading the Third Commandment, which will be in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7.
1: Okay. I'm going to be reading from the NIRV. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will find guilty anyone who misuses his name.
0: Okay. So so we'll start by kind of building like a foundation of why we're using the Lord's name correctly. And, you know.
1: And what that even means. Yeah.
0: And then we'll add some application of like what it doesn't look like.
1: Okay. <clears throat> stop stealing my cookies you wouldn't cough so much
0: I, it's just like a little piece is like kind of stuck in the back of my throat
1: you know what that is that's guilt that's stuck in your throat
0: yeah. all right so let's start with this uh, what is the lord's name
1: well i mean the lord has many names there are many names that he goes by mm-hmm. um you know, you've got god jesus lord lord savior
0: yes um in the bible yahweh
1: Jehovah, and then the many different renditions of the word. Jehovah Jireh.
0: El Shaddai. All right. So, why is it important to use God's name correctly?
1: So, using the Lord's name correctly is, first of all, I think a recognition of who He is. Uh So, there's an honor there, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever you address certain people, I've heard it said that. If someone is um, has accomplished something, like if they are a doctor or mm-hmm. uh, someone who's gotten married, a lady who's gotten married, she's no longer a miss or a missus. A name holds a lot of water, yeah. right? Uh, a title holds a lot of water. And so I think of God or Lord, I think of that as his title, mm-hmm. right? His title is of great importance. It is earned by him right? And how is it earned by him? It's earned by him by all of the things that he's done for us, by all mm-hmm. of the things that he said he would do and has done. Um, God has great credit, right? Yeah. And so it, because of that, there is glory that is, that is due to him. I don't know how else you would address him. Yeah. Every name that he has is great and honorable. Mm-hmm. And they are all, it, there is no name for him that is lesser. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it, for us, for people, there are names that are lesser than other names. Right. There are names to me that are of great value that when someone calls me a certain name or title, it matters more to me. Mm-hmm. Wife, mother, the names that my parents call me, mm-hmm. like the nicknames that they have for me, the endearments. Right. You know what I mean? Or sister in Christ, right? That holds great weight. Yeah. And so I think that our titles are really important, but they come with varying degrees of, of, of love and endearment. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's don't. They mean different things, but they all hold this weight of holiness and yes. goodness and, and reverence.
0: The Lord is holy, right? His name is holy. In Acts, Peter um, is giving a sermon. And he's talking about Jesus, and he says, there is no other name by which we must be saved, right? So the only name, the only way we can come to salvation is through Jesus, right? The ancient Israelites, they revered God's name so much that they wouldn't even write it down right? because they didn't want to misuse it. Uh, Somebody's name is important, right? And in this case, God's name is ultimately important and it carries a lot of power yeah right and if i call you by the wrong name that's disrespectful right so if it's a problem and if it's disrespectful for me to call my wife by the wrong name right or to use my wife's name incorrectly i guess right then it's even more so for us to use god's name incorrectly
1: to take it in vain yeah um vain is what
0: well, I would say that it's just it's using his name flippantly. So flippantly just means like super casually. Yeah. Right? Um, so I guess our example for that would just be like, oh my God. Like as an explicitive.
1: You know, I always wondered, like just as a side note, mm-hmm. like where that term came from. Because everything originates somewhere. Yeah. Right? I used to have this teacher back in like 6th or 7th grade when I went to Catholic school for a short time. And she was awesome. She was a great english teacher and she had us study like all of these phrases mm-hmm. to help us like have more colorful language i don't mean like foul language but she would teach us things like cats out of the bag or mm-hmm. she would teach us like raining cats and dogs and i've always wondered like where that phrase oh my god comes from right mm-hmm. and i would think that it probably I mean in scripture we see that when people are calling out to God they say, Oh my God Like they're referring to him. They're saying, Oh and they're my crying God. Out to him. Right. And I think that's probably where it started is yeah. it started as a crying out to the Lord.
0: It probably then moved to like the sarcastic Yeah the evolution right, like, of it. Bless your heart.
1: Yeah, yeah. that probably intention yeah. was very it, intentional at first.
0: Yeah. So it probably went from legitimate to Sarcastic and then to whatever it is now, right?
1: Right. And so I would think that like the origins of that Mm -hmm. were not to take the Lord's name in vain. Correct.
0: So Leviticus 19.12 says, You shall not swear by my name falsely, and so profane the name of the Lord. I am the Lord. Right. I am Yahweh the Lord. Right. I am who I am. I am the Lord. This is right after um, the verse before says you shall not steal you shall not deal falsely you shall not lie to one another and then you shall not swear by my name falsely right and he's telling Israel you don't swear by me right like you don't control anything and so you don't swear by me because you cannot control anything right. Um, and so if you swear by me And you don't go through with it Then you're a, You've made me a liar
1: And not, not like you've made the Lord a liar Like you've changed his personality Right but
0: like you did something that God You you made a promise To someone on behalf of God That God didn't make And so now you've lessened God In somebody else's mind right?
1: I think that using the Lord's name In vain Tells you a lot about the posture of your heart.
0: Absolutely, because if you don't if you don't view God as God, what why does it matter if you just throw his name around as, you know, just anything? It's like if you go around and call everyone your wife, like your work wife and your church wife and your this wife, right? If you've got There's all nothing of, that
1: frustrates me like that.
0: Right, because it degrades the name of wife. Right. Right? As opposed to the person I have married to before the eyes of God and man for the rest of my life who was a special place in my heart and a special place in my life right you take it from that from a really good and high level thing to
1: you equate it
0: to literally just a friend right like You've got a work wife. I'd be
1: so jealous if you referred to someone as your work wife. Right. Like, I just would be like, there's no, like... Right, because wife... I feel like we're flirting with tragedy. Absolutely,
0: because wife has a high meaning, and it carries with it certain things. Either you're a polygamist, and you have to say It's like spiritual polygamy. Or, wife doesn't actually mean anything to you, and you can throw them away.
1: Right.
0: Does that make sense?
1: yeah and and i'm not trying to like i think that makes us sound prude it doesn't i just because the just the statistics on marriage are so troubling right now Mm -hmm. i'm just like why would we tempt any kind of fate in any way like and that's not to say that like well no it kind of is it is to say that like work wife and work husband and all of that i just i don't know it's always it's never sat well with me. I don't love that phrase. And like I said, not trying to be a prude, not trying to be you know, a, a stick in the mud, but, but no, I think that's a really good point. I, I think it's like the position of God is yeah. just so important and for us to be very casual with it demeans it. You know, you mm-hmm. wouldn't be casual about your spouse's about your spouse's position or their role or their mm-hmm. relationship. You know, and we don't need to be casual about our relationship with God.
0: Yeah. Um, when we also see, when Jesus teaches us to pray, the importance of God's name. When Jesus tells us to pray, mm-hmm. or he teaches us to pray, right? The, the Lord's Prayer.
1: Yeah.
0: Our Father, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Yeah, hallowed Right? Be your name. Like, when we come to God in prayer, right? Um, Hebrews tells us that uh, because of Jesus... We can approach the throne of God with um, confidence. Right? What that means is we don't have to be scared. We don't have to be worried. Right? We don't have to wait until we're right in order to go before God in prayer.
1: So I'm 30. I'll be 31 in, gosh, I guess a month from now. And I feel like I came, well, I know that I came to know the Lord at about 16 or 17 Mm -hmm. years old. Right? So it has taken me that long to come to the Lord with that kind of confidence. Yeah. Right? And I think that it's important, like, why can we do that? Because nothing has, I mean, things have changed in me, obviously. Mm -hmm. I've obviously become more confident, but why is that? How can we encourage those who don't feel confident to come to God? I think, first of all, you have to check your understanding. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean... Do you honestly understand God's role in your life? Mm -hmm. Because when you go to him, right, there should be confidence, and it's for two reasons, and one leads into the other. Mm -hmm. The first being, if you're going to God and you feel and you lack confidence, Mm -hmm. you're putting the responsibility in the wrong place. The responsibility is not on you. It is on Christ, right? And you're expecting yourself to rise to God's holiness, when you approach him the second part of that is that you need to have a firm understanding that if you could rise to god's holiness jesus is for nothing right right so you can only approach god because of jesus yes. so if there's a lack of confidence there about you being enough you are not oh, for right sure. and i'm not trying to like kill anybody's vibe or anything or whatever bit. the term is but i mean check your understanding And this is not to be rude. This is to encourage, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you say, well, I don't feel confident going before God. Why? Because you don't think that you can match his holiness? You can't. Stop worrying about that. Jesus came in and stepped in for that. Mm -hmm. Jesus was literally like...
0: Our substitution. Yeah, yeah. Because he he was our substitute, right? He took on the penalty that we were owed, right? And then we received the benefits of him dying for us.
1: He literally, it says in Scripture that he is seated at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf. Mm -hmm. So in those moments that you go, I am insufficient, yes you are, 100%, you are 100% insufficient. And you're not like 50% holy and Jesus is 100%. You're over here and Jesus is...
0: You are 0% holy.
1: You cannot match the holiness of God, Mm -hmm. no matter what you do. Does that mean we should not pursue holiness? No, and that's a whole other podcast.
0: Right. All right, the next commandment, commandment number four. You want to read it? Yeah, it's found, um, it's a little bit longer. Uh, it's Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11.
1: Yes. Remember to keep the Sabbath day holy. Do all your work in six days. But on the seventh day, it is a Sabbath to honor the Lord your God. Do not do any work on that day. The same command applies to your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, and your animals. It applies to any outsiders who live in the town. In six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in it, but he rested on the seventh day. And so the Lord blessed the Sabbath and he made it a holy day. Yeah.
0: So what I want to do before we kind of start talking about all of this is I want to take three key, uh, I guess, terms in that command, Mm -hmm. and I just want to quickly explain them, okay? Okay? So the first, remember, all right? Um, And so what this means is to keep it in mind, you are purposefully thinking about it and making sure that you do it, right? It doesn't
1: mean, like, don't forget. It's very similar to, like, if Mm -hmm. you're, like, a holiday that like nine eleven or Memorial Day yeah. or we do this to remember yeah. to remind us.
0: So the next thing is the Sabbath day. Yeah. Right? So the Sabbath day, it's a day of rest. But really what it is, it's a day of worship, purposeful worship and remembering what the Lord has done for you.
1: I feel like I've heard it said and I don't know where this says, this, so don't mm-hmm. quote me. Used to honor the Sabbath day as a day where they would gather and talk about what the Lord had Absolutely. done.
0: Absolutely.
1: And so it was like, because you have to understand that people didn't used to have, I don't know if this is a news flash to anybody, but people didn't used to have as much free time as they do now. We always talk about like how your phone will show you how many hours you've spent yeah. on it, um, of screen time you've had. People didn't used to have all that free time. Right. And so... Um, Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, this was the day where they prepared for this day. Mm -hmm. They prepared for it, where they got things done, and this day was a day of rest. And it's not just physical rest, which I think it is intended. Mm -hmm. It's a day of mental rest.
0: Spiritual rest.
1: Spiritual rest. And mental rest allows you to go into spiritual rest. Yeah. Because the days are busy and somehow even though we have more free time we've managed to busy our minds maybe Mm -hmm. not our hands but our minds right and it's just a side note i think that a lack of busyness with our hands has caused us to busy our minds yes but i digress i do think that the the sabbath day and i may have a stricter view than you do but i think that the sabbath day is meant to be a day of gathering and talking about what god has done and a day not only to remember what he's done, mm-hmm. but to discuss it and to yeah. remind one another. Because if we don't remind each other of all that God has done, mm-hmm. that the reminding is what keeps us afloat in our times yeah. of trouble. I well, mean, yeah, our, one of our friends is going through a lot. We've been, uh, I was talking with her today and she's just going through a lot. Um, we had a really candid conversation today and... I shared what the Lord had done right mm-hmm. and it was very casual it wasn't like let me sit you down and tell you what God has done so that you quit griping because I don't think that's what she was doing I think she was sharing her trouble yeah. with a friend and this is also why your relationships matter I reminded her of something that God had done for me yeah and I reminded her of that not that i had ever told her before but i reminded her that god was good mm-hmm. right and so i think that's what the sabbath is supposed to be i think that it's a day where we look back on the week and we see what god has accomplished we see what promises he's kept mm-hmm. we see what prayers he's answered even if they're in ways that we didn't ask for yeah. we see what he what provision he has set before us right I would say that it's a good practice to sit around the dinner table on a Sunday and talk about what God has done. Yeah. That would be a good thing for us to do is to invite family over on Sunday. This may be something that we could put in where we uh-huh. say, on Sundays, we are going to open up our home mm-hmm. and we are going to say, bring whatever you want to eat, mm-hmm. right? And we're going to gather and we're going to talk about what God has done yeah. that
0: week. And then we're going to turn a football game on and we're going to send the kids outside and we can sit around and watch football or go in the backyard and watch... Watch the kids or sit around the kitchen table and talk about whatever. But it's going to be a day that ultimately glorifies the Lord. Alright, so God tells them that on the Sabbath day, that not only they should rest, but also their ox and their donkey, right? So their animals, their work animals, right? Um, Their male and their female servants, right? So those who, their slaves, right? Those who work for them. Also, the person who's visiting and isn't a part of them, right? So, the whole nation should take a day.
1: Does that mean businesses that are open on Sundays are unbiblical?
0: No. I think that, um, and we'll get to this part later, but the New Testament does allow us to kind of adjust the Sabbath day to fit our schedule. Okay. Right? Because not everybody has the opportunity to have Sunday off. So, so, what that, kind of what God's doing is He's saying all areas of society are affected by this, right? It's not that the wealthy people get to take their day, but the poor people got to go to work, right? So, it's not that all the Israelites are going to take the day, but they're going to exploit the, the traveler, the non-Jew, on the Sabbath day to do all of their work for them. Right. Right? So, it's going to be everybody's going to take the day, and worship God together. So, in Exodus 23, 31, and 35, God tells them that the land is going to have rest every seven years, right? So every seven years, they're not going to plant. And then, every 49 years, right? Seven years of seven. So every 49 years, um, debts are wiped away. All right? The land rests. They have a special celebration for the Lord. And... Um, anybody held in in any Israelite who's held in sla- who has put themselves in slavery, for debt, goes free, and they're given something. Right? They can choose to stay, or they can go. Uh, you know, it's up to that person. Of the jubilee. That, yeah, that's called the year of jubilee, right? So when they were in the wilderness, God fed them manna from the sky. Yes. They were they were supposed to collect manna for six days, for six days. They actually went outside and picked up manna. Okay. okay. Each day they were told to collect manna, to collect enough food for what they needed that day. Okay. On the sixth day, they were supposed to go out and collect enough for that day and the next day. All the other days, if whatever they had left over at the end of the day rotted the next day. But on the sixth day, whatever they had left over going into the Sabbath day didn't rot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- the idea here was that they were supposed to trust God for their provision on the seventh day, right during the seventh year, when they didn't plant food, they were supposed to plan throughout the other six years, but they were supposed to trust God to provide for them for that si- for that seventh year, on the 49th year when they had to get rid of wor- a workforce, they were supposed to trust to trust God to provide for them. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um. And so the same thing kind of goes for us, right? We use the Sabbath day to remember what God has done for us and to, con- and to trust Him for the next week, right? We don't have to work. We don't have to get a bunch done on the Sabbath day because we trust that God's going to take care of what's coming next. Right. And that's the purpose, right? It's that we, we remember what God has done and we trust Him for the next, for the next week.
1: And I, so what does that look like Mm -hmm. practically for those who are in the workforce Mm -hmm. and they say, well, I don't know that I'm going to be able to be off on Sunday. Mm -hmm. My thoughts are, I would always ask. Like if you're going into the workforce for the first time, if you are having to make a schedule for the Mm -hmm. first time with a boss, I would say, because nobody works seven days a week there Mm -hmm. are very few people who do that i mean i know a few people offshore that do that but Mm -hmm. that's not we no longer are in a position where legally you can work seven days a week forever forever that's not legal anymore in the united states and so or in many many countries i would think and so the way that i look at it is most of it is a choice Mm -hmm. So if you have the ability to choose, I guess what I'm asking is, what if you can't make Sunday holy?
0: Uh, I think you still can, right? I think that there are still ways. Um, uh, You know, let's say you work Sunday mornings, right? And it's just for whatever reason you've asked and it just, you can't get off, right? Do you
1: think you just get a new job?
0: Well, I think that, I think that depends, right? Some churches have Sunday night worship you can go to that if you're able to, right? Um, you, you know, I, I think that if there is just no way for you to get to church on a Sunday, heck, it could be a Wednesday that you make holy, right? If you, if you have church, you know, if your church has church on Wednesday, then that could be something you do, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say that generally it would be wise that if you don't have the ability, you know, if your job doesn't let you go to church for whatever reason, I think it's probably wise to, you know, find a new job, if you're able to, right? Like, you need to do what you're able to do, you know? But there are still ways that you can, even if you can't go to the physical church, that you can take a day and make it holy, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And and the primary thing here, I think, would be gathering with believers.
1: And I think if you make a genuine effort, I think the Lord blesses our efforts. Yes. And I think that He knows the intent of our hearts. Um, but that's to say, the flip side of that is that He knows the intent of our hearts, uh, when the intent is foul, as well, yeah. we're just going to be tempted by the world around us, mm-hmm. right? And that doesn't mean that the things that tempt us are necessarily like evil. But I would say that if it steals your Sabbath from you, yeah. that if you if it takes your Sabbath from God, mm-hmm. that it that it's it's inching there, yeah, right.
0: And the Sabbath day is ultimately meant to point; it's to be a picture of our salvation right? Hebrews uh, 3 and 4 talks about um, the, uh, the Israelites entering into the land of rest, right? And how there's, there's, there's a better rest to come, heaven, right? And so on the Sabbath day we rest and we, you know, we focus on God and we, we, we kind of look forward to doing that forever, for all of eternity. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a small, tiny, imperfect picture of what we're going to do for all of eternity, right? We're going to gather together, we're going to fellowship together, and we're going to worship God forever. I mean, we also need to remember we're never going to keep the Sabbath day perfectly, right? We just won't. There's no amount of, you know, and maybe where we're heading towards is actually some sort of, like, lealistic right? The ancient Israelites tried to keep it and so they built a ton of fences around the Sabbath day where you couldn't walk more than 2,000 cubits, right, a length of distance from where you lived, right? They had loopholes around it, but you couldn't go, you know, if your ox fell in a hole, you couldn't get it out, right? Jesus was reprimanded because he healed a man on the Sabbath day, right? Like... Um, You couldn't pick grain on the Sabbath day. God never told them that but disciples got fussed at by the Pharisees Because they were walking through a field and grabbed grain and ate it So these two commandments round out the the first table of the Ten Commandments, right first table of the Ten Commandments is focused on God
1: Our relationship with him. Our
0: relationship with him, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and with all your heart, mind and soul. Right? This rounds that part out. Right? What will start next week will be our relationship with the people around us. Right. Right? Um, so do you have anything else you'd like to
1: add? I would just add that while we're not always going to follow all of these perfectly, we should strive to. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of excuses, and I feel like I hear this more as I get older, where people say, and maybe they don't deliberately say this out loud, but they're like, oh, well, that's what grace is for, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm deliberately sinful. Right. Um, I think that... Do, do i think that we're going to walk in sinlessness no but i don't think that we use that as a crutch i think that the holy spirit in our hearts convicts us towards holiness and i think that if you don't feel that conviction
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think you need to check yourself yeah. right and i'm not going to do the i'm not going to do the thing that i've heard some pastors do where i go are you even saved because i don't i i don't feel like that's always factual um I think that you can be saved and still wander. hmm And I think that, like the prodigal son, you, you can return back into the loving arms of an accepting father. And so, yeah, I, I, don't be discouraged. Um, pursue holiness, right? And I also want to remind, and I think it's important, especially in this series that we're doing on the Ten Commandments, that these are not rules set in place to bog you down mm-hmm. or to make your life not fun or inconvenient right this is for your betterment this is for your good we can look at the things that god calls calls us to things like not to lie not to steal not to covet not to envy the same thing not to murder not to to use his name in vain to keep the sabbath holy um to have to not make idols right we can see all of these things and we can say well God just doesn't want me to have any fun mm-hmm. and I would first say that that's not true you can have fun with a, within a biblically aligned life right. right I think that if your idea of fun is outside of the will of God I think that you need to ask God for your heart to be changed yeah. With God my, doesn't
0: want us to sin
1: right if sin is fun to you um, if you can only have fun in sinfulness mm-hmm. there's some evaluating that needs to be done and I would say talk to someone and I would say pray and I would say to ask God for you know, grace and mercy in showing you differently right God has put so many things and I see them as I get older more and more that there is goodness in the things that he calls us to, even if the world does not shout their goodness. So an example of that is the biblical uh, path for marriage, Mm -hmm. right? That you would have one husband and one wife, and you would be faithful, and you would not... um, that there would not be adultery, and there would not be uh, polygamy, and there would not be... um, The, the the example that you had earlier my work wife and my whatever yeah. um,
0: that that would be held in high esteem
1: that it would be held in high esteem that it is an example of Christ in the church itself yeah right and he gives us all these things because they really do create they are the most peaceful way to go throughout life mm-hmm. like god's design is for our benefit right. and sometimes we look at it and we we look at it through the lens of the world and we go is it though? But the, it is. Yeah.
0: The world looks at it and says you, you've you limited yourself.
1: Right. God is not here to... Well, God is there to limit us. It is From a sin. limiting. Yeah. It is limiting. A hundred percent. But those limits are for our benefit. Mm-hmm. Limits for children. Boundaries for children are for their benefit. They give them clear right and wrong. When we yeah. discipline our children, especially our youngest child, when we discipline... I remind him at the end my job is to teach you right and wrong this is wrong this is right and I do that because morality is for your benefit Mm -hmm. and God does this this discipline of the of the Ten Commandments this is for the Israelite people this is for their right and their wrong and it's so that they will live in holiness Mm -hmm. right they will live as god's chosen people we talked about that last week and these are the things that god calls you to not just because he calls you to holiness but because these are good things yeah right we talk about um the idea of marriage like i brought up earlier these things are for your good this is the most peaceful way to have a marriage we see that when you see men who have more than one wife in the bible does that ever go well you see the first act of adultery in the bible is abraham right and even though his wife called him to it it was a decision that he made and we see how that turns out and there are countless examples Mm -hmm. in the bible that show us why that's not a good idea a marriage between one husband and one wife creates peace and trust and dependability and it depicts the church a husband with a wife and a mistress and a side chick. I'm going to have to get the youth to teach me some modern day phrases. Well, side
0: piece is just a girl on the side, so it's the same thing as a Right,
1: but I, I guess my point is, is like, the boundaries of scripture are for your benefit. Mm-hmm. They may seem limiting compared to what the world is doing, mm-hmm. but they are for your benefit. And they will lead to a peaceful life. They will lead to a civil life. God promises blessing for Mm -hmm. those who walk in alignment with Scripture. And you will not get what the world gets. You will get something better. Yes. I'll pray this out. Lord, thank you for your word. God, thank you for the boundaries of Scripture. God, because we know that we would be aimless without them, that we would be wandering, searching for them. God, as children, when we come into the world, we are searching for right and wrong. We know that your word is written on our hearts, God, that the morality of God is written on our hearts, and we're just trying to understand those limitations as children. And that once we encounter Scripture, God, that you show us what it is. And we're so grateful that you are our Father and our guidepost. Lord, we pray that we would understand what it means to keep the Sabbath holy. God, we pray that we would always remember and remind ourselves on the Sabbath of what you have done and the promises that you've kept and the things that you've revealed to us. God, we pray that we would not grow weary in following you, that we would not be tempted by the world, God, but that we would follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And God, we thank you for what you've done and what you're doing and what you continue to do. Amen. Yeah.